Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Tuesday morning. Lakers have better seen Tuesday mornings. We're going to have a couple of huge hoop stories to discuss here in a half hour. The number one prospect on the number one program in America has opted out. Jalen Johnson and Duke will talk about that in 30 minutes. Key's got some strong thoughts. Obviously, Jay Will is as close to the situation as always. His perspective will be incredibly valued. And you don't Jay's, have no strong thoughts? No. Well, on this, on yeah, this, yeah, I know you're strong and... Jay's got the insight, and Jay's old partner from College Game Day, Seth Greenberg, got some very, very strong thoughts. He'll join us again in 29 minutes from now. Did Jalen Johnson quit on Oh, God, Duke? stop, man. That's the question. Hey, we got to stop using words like quit or we'll, we'll decide get to not it. to be committed. Okay. All we'll right. get to it. I think Seth's going to double down on that four-letter word. I know he you guys could, think that's a four-letter word as an athlete. He Q-U-I-T. could triple down. He could triple down. He's going to do it. That's going to be in just about a half hour. That's the biggest story in collegiate basketball this morning with the number one program in America and the number one prospect at the school. The number one team in the NBA by many is the Lakers, of course. The 17 championships, key squad, trying to go back to back. But things just got, Jay, just a little bit more difficult. Anthony Davis, the calf strain out two to three weeks. They're going to reevaluate. But you think two to three weeks, from what I gathered from what you said this morning, That should definitely be on the very short side of the situation. I think at the least it should be a month. I I think this is an injury that we've seen with Kevin Durant that you do not play around with. And here's the thing for Anthony Davis, a guy who spends most of his time roaming on the perimeter. He's 6'10", 250 pounds. Okay, like that, that's a lot of wear and tear on his body when he hits people with Euro steps and he moves so much around on the perimeter. So my thing is, look, the the biggest question is now – who can step up? And what does this mean for LeBron James at age 36 years old? One of the reasons why they went after AD and they kind of, you know, took out the whole mortgage on the Lakers organization to get him is because LeBron James needed a running mate. He needed somebody at a high level. Now, without having AD around, how do you manage LeBron's minutes? He's, he's been averaging 35 minutes per game, uh, which at this stage of his career, after only having a month and a half, two months off from last season, I, I think you really have to manage that. So, Look, they have to stay in this you know, top four seed in order to get home court advantage. I think that's big for them. Utah's playing better. They're playing at the best right now. Clippers are playing well. Phoenix is playing well. There's a lot of momentum that other teams can catch up on them. But how you hold out AD is going to be monumental. We just need him healthy May and June. That's when you need him healthy. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about them falling out of the top four or five in the NBA until they get AD back. I think that they could hold it together. Uh, it all, it's always interesting to, to find out what a player feels about his health. You can't leave it up to Anthony Davis to make a decision on whether or not he's ready to go. You have to leave it up to the doctors when they make the decision based on x-rays, MRIs, things of that nature, two to three weeks from now. Uh, but I've also seen AD where things have been said, oh, he's out for X amount of time, and then he plays two games later. So I don't know where things are with him. Um, you don't want to play with this. You, you, you take it serious because much like Jay Will was saying, there's a lot of different movements that he has to do at playing the position that he plays with his Achilles, with his ankles, with his legs. And, you know, LeBron's minutes are LeBron's minutes. LeBron James will let us know when he's tired of playing. And clearly he hasn't been tired of playing because we see right now he is the leading vote getter, in my opinion, for the MVP. 
I would agree. LeBron is a machine. But here's where you worry about Anthony Davis, Key, is, you know, you have to wait for the doctors to tell him it's okay to play. The doctors told Kevin Durant it was okay to play. So all I'm saying is when you deal with the lower extremity, if it doesn't feel right, AD doesn't need to play. And I understand there's a sense of urgency as, you know, we get later into the year, obviously, and he gets better and better. Uh, that's great. But, you know, LeBron, 36 years old, how, how long is this window that you have with LeBron James? I think it could be extended for a while. I think LeBron James yeah, has but, a while. But, but I'm just saying injuries. Just because just ADJ, just because AD is, is hampered right now, he's not missing the entire season. So no, that window, say, uh, the window is still there. It ain't closed. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this is an injury that always worries me, especially oh, for no, bigs. Oh, no, I get it, kid. especially. For bigs, it worries me. Especially what happened to Kevin Durant. We, we all, first thing we do is we, we put up the red flag and we say, well, hold on, let's slow it down. Let's take a look at this. And I think the doctors and the medical staff and the trainers and his private doctors and his private trainers will certainly work in unison with the team doctors to make sure that everything is okay before he steps back on the floor full tilt. By the way, well, I mean, not, you just you had the Marcus Cousins, Achilles tear, John Wall. You have a lot of. It takes a while to recover from that, and now everybody recovers like Kevin Durant. If that were to happen, down, I hope it does not happen. I do not want that to happen for Anthony Davis. I just want him to be as judicious as possible. That's no, all. No doubt about it. We should also say you could wave the red flag, but if you're giving up on the season, you wave the white flag. We should also mention here, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pierre. Or you can opt out like Jalen Johnson. Is that what <laughs> or you, you can go. <laughs> White hot or whatever. <laughs> you picked it up. There we go. Coming up, talk about Jalen Johnson coming up here in just about 25 minutes from now. Paul Feinbaum is five minutes away. We'll see what he thinks about Urban Meyer's situation. He's always been a big critic of Meyer, and obviously there's plenty to be critical of. want to mention this. The NBA schedule for the Lakers is out until March 3rd. Key says he doesn't really think the Lakers are going to drop from anywhere precipitously. They'll be fine, but they do face. Won't you just say drop four, man? Because I like using that word. Precipitous. <laughs> I think it's a good word. It's a big word. SAT word. Where is the library of USA? Never mind. Um, well, it's, <laughs> it's past Tommy Trojan to the left. Now, that's not what you should be asking me. You should be asking me the name of the library. Can you give us the name? No, I cannot. I can direct you there, but I cannot give you the name. Do you know where the school's bank or credit union is? I bet you do. <laughs> yes, right as, right across the street from Tommy Trojan. <laughs> we should just quickly mention, they do play Brooklyn, Utah, and Portland in this short stretch. We'll know the second half of the Lakers schedule soon. Their schedule's up till it, March 3rd. And then, Jay, of course, the All-Star Game festivities from 5 to 10 in March. It's the Lord of Lachlan. Library. Okay, there you go. Don't worry. Where to, Duke's where library to pull it up. Perk, Perkins Library, so just oh, let you know. Yeah. It's okay. Not, it's okay, Key. It's okay, Key. Don't I, get angry. I didn't go you didn't, to USC Key, to find to USC. out the name of the library, damn it. That's right, now, I'm not going to sit up there. here. I'm not about to sit up here and lie on national radio and TV. I'm not going to do tell it. Him, During you tell him, Key. You tell him. During exams week. That but library? I do got a degree. All you got to do is look at my Twitter page. It shows it right there. During. But you're never on Twitter. What, well, what's your I still in? got I still got the page. What's your degree? In? The library life. either. It's <laughs> life. What's your degree, degree in life? Yes, life. I have a life degree. <laughs> we should say uh, during exams week, the library is probably that seems like a very challenging course load. A full house, right? <laughs> if it's the Lori Laughlin Library, it would definitely be. I'm not. Uh, Lori Laughlin oh had God, nothing that's... to do with my school. Okay, her daughter I went can't. there. I don't think she went there. Tremendous oh. roar. You were an athlete. Both of you were athletes. She was a rower. You're a football player. Oh, I mean, you guys have that kinship. Yeah, well, I used to see her all the time. Hey. 
Photoshop's an amazing thing. Dave McMenamin, ESPN Lakers. <laughs> she goes, oh, mom, I didn't know that I could swim. Like, you could swim. Oh, You're very good at it. Yes. Real quick from McMenamin, who covers uh, the Lakers every day of the year for ESPN. Zubin, I love when you say real quick. It's never real quick. It's I never real. And by the way, the bosses also real hate real quick because they think real quick marginalizes your comments. So I'm learning all of these things. <laughs> Sometimes I'll actually implement what I hear, but for the most part, I just do whatever I want, and then we'll see what happens. Um, Dave McMenamin, Lakers uh, reporter here. Um, you kind of mentioned what the situation is for AD and his camp, what he needs to look out for in his personal life and everything surrounding what's going on with him. But there is an organizational decision that needs to be made. Here's McMenamin on what the Lakers are thinking about what's going on right now. A team source told me late this afternoon that, quote, long season, long haul, take as long as he needs. And the source added that this is a consequence of a 71-day offseason. The Lakers were playing the NBA Finals in October. They were playing training camp in December. And certainly these types of injuries can pop up. Overuse type of injuries and, and the, the message overall, though, is let's be patient here because we want to be able to play into the late summer uh, rather than try to push Anthony Davis right now. And Jay, that and, makes and, total sense, right? Zubin, even add on to that. How about the All Star game? And I know there's a lot of money to be made, but this is you heard LeBron James lament about this. It's supposed to be five to six days that these guys were expecting to have off after only having 71 days off. And I know people say, well, 71 days is a lot. But when you go through the wear and the grind, you know this, of a season, man. If you tweak your ankle, you know, month one, by the time you get to month two, even if you're trying to take care of it the right way, you might have two other injuries that it might be smaller injuries that you're trying to manage, but you're compensating on the ankle. Then all of a sudden you have a, you know, you, you stretch your hamstring to a degree. You pull that because you're compensating on different sides of your body while still trying to play at a high level. Those things accumulate over time, and that's what we're seeing with Anthony Davis. Well, right as now. long as he get the rest, I, I, look, it's all about the rest. It's all about the rest, the rehab, and the treatment. If he does those things, then I think whenever he gets back on the floor, we'll see the same Anthony Davis that we saw prior to his injury. Indeed. We'll give this conversation a rest and move ahead to a topic that has no rest in college football and NFL circles. You know who. Man, that's a rude welcome. <laughs> that's, that's tough. Paul Feinbaum joins us, the voice of college football. Noted Paulie. Yeah, he's back. Just because it's the college football offseason doesn't mean Paul won't be with us. He joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. All right, so, Paul, everybody that follows football knows what happened to Urban Meyer in a 24-hour span. You hire Chris Doyle, the former strength and conditioning coach at Iowa, who had to part the program after 20 years due to some racial disparities and racial culture issues within the program immediately snapped up, hired by Urban Meyer less than a year later after getting his entire buyout from Iowa, and then essentially 24 hours later, he's gone. What do you make of this first step or, I guess, misstep for Meyer? Predictable. Uh, anyone who has followed Urban Meyer closely, Zubin, knew he would run into something like this at some point. I didn't think he would be before the opening of training camp before the draft, but that's Urban Meyer. Uh, he doesn't care what you think or I think. He doesn't care about common sense or decency. He only cares about what he thinks. And it's the same thing that happened uh, at, at Ohio State with Zach Smith. Totally different set of circumstances, but Urban Meyer believes in someone. He doesn't care what his advisors say. He doesn't care what the media says. He just does it. And this was far worse because this wasn't enabling a, a favored son of his, someone that he cared deeply about, that he was trying to help because of, 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 of old family ties. 
This one, someone, this was someone who had been disgraced, who had been shipped out, sent packing by Iowa, and it wasn't easy. It, but it took it, once they got rid of the guy, uh, we all became clear. It all became very clear why he was sent packing and why he was gone. And for Urban Meyer to say, "Yeah, I vetted him. Where, where, who, where did he vet him? Uh, did he not read the, re- the report? Did he not did not read the accounts of why Iowa fired this guy? I mean, that that is just so typical, Urban Meyer." And it's one reason why I don't think this experiment is going to work in the NFL, because Urban Meyer is dealing with a much tougher playing field. He's dealing with a lot smarter people uh, at every NFL club than he was dealing with in the Big Ten, where really he really had to be Jim Harbaugh uh, every year, which uh, took no skill at all, and, and maybe try to you know, survive a game against Wisconsin or Penn State on the road. Paul, why the about face in about 24 hours of the hire from Chris Doyle to Chris Doyle being resigned, whatever, putting in his resignation, whatever people want to call it, I'll say fired. Why the about face by Urban Meyer? Well, I'm just guessing uh, that the owner of the team, you know, started you know looking at his Twitter feed and started reading reports and started watching uh, people here on ESPN and, and elsewhere. And, and, he, and he had to shake his head and, and call Urban and say, I thought you told me this was all, good, all cool. And, and, and Urban got, uh, you know, he had egg all over his face. And I, and I think it's just the public, the public outcry. And I think the issue is, is another thing, Keyshawn. This isn't a minor thing in America today. This is a, this is a major topic that, that we are all trying to deal with openly and honestly, all of us except Urban Meyer. Mm. What, what do you think the biggest adjustment for Urban coming from college ranked CNFL that he's really going to have to make? Well, I think uh, before he gets to the first game, it's going to be media scrutiny. Uh, you know, the, the NFL is covered different uh, than college ball, Keyshawn. You know that. I mean, I'm not saying college football, we look past everything, but most people are, are in, in local markets are there to support the program. Even, even the national media uh, you know, isn't looking under every single rock. Uh, in the NFL, it's different. Uh, there are so many more people covering the league. And, and ultimately, I think what's going to do Urban Meyer in is losing. He can't handle losing. He, he barely lost at Florida and at Ohio State. And he left both programs because of, because of health issues. And he wanted to spend more time with his family, which we all know how that worked out. The, the NFL is brutal. You guys know that better than I do. Uh, and, you know, he's going to lose uh, his first season. And how is he going to handle that? How is he going to be scrutinized for every single thing that he does on a, on a national scale? This, this isn't just the Ohio media and maybe uh, college game day rolling in there once a year. This is going to be every single day on this network, on other networks, and I don't think he'll be able to handle it. Mm. Paul, I was able to win a championship in college. I spent some time around some individuals who also won championships, and the common theme has always been they believe in their head coach. Do you think anyone in that locker room right now believes in Urban Meyer? No, uh, and 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 I think uh, that's unfortunate for the for the for the franchise because they took a flyer on this guy. Everybody wanted Urban Meyer. Texas wanted him in college ball. Uh, Jacksonville wanted him here. But but this is such a a volatile issue. And uh, you know what he what he did be, before he really even uh, has gotten to work yet is is he has spoiled. Uh, his honeymoon. And, and, and that, that, that's a bad way to begin, uh, Jay, because of, of, the, of the combustive nature of this issue. 
And, you know, inside these locker rooms, we, we saw it all last summer. Uh, I mean, it was difficult to, to speak out on this subject uh, w- without, without getting a lot of blowback. And, and that's fine. That, that's, that's, that's the importance uh, and the sensitivity of, of the conversation. But to bring this guy in, especially at that position, uh, to work with everyone on that team, I, I just don't get it. But, but Urban has this blind spot that he's always trying to, to save people. Uh, I'm sure there's a, there, there's a deep psychological study of his upbringing, and, and quite frankly, it comes from his father. Uh, I mean, I don't need to be a psychiatrist to, to understand. I know Urban Meyer, and uh, he's never quite gotten through the way he was treated, uh, and he, he, he wants to be a savior. Here's a guy at Iowa that's, that's, that's life has been de- destroyed, and he's, he left in disgrace, and Urban Meyer is going to, is going to prop him up and, and rehabilitate them. I, everybody, everybody deserves a second chance, but not in an NFL locker room. I got to ask you this question. What, what is, you know, because I've been watching it and just as a basketball guy, I know it's the one basketball question I'll be able to get into today. What is it like being down there for you, Paul, with the way Kentucky is playing? I mean, what have you seen happening from your callers about where this program oh, is man. right now for John Calipari? <laughs> Jay, Jay it, it is shocking, and I'm rarely shocked by phone calls, but uh, you know, Kentucky calls aren't coming in very, uh, very frequently like they were a couple of years ago. But uh, the calls are, are, are very, the, the callers are angry. Uh, I'm hearing things. I mean, they're talking about John Calipari like he's uh, this is the sixth straight year of, of missing the NCAA tournament. So it's a little bit shocking how quickly. Some in that, uh, in that fan base have turned on him. Now, there's some other things that have gone on, which I know you're aware of, uh, with his players taking a stand and, and John supporting them. But most of it's criticism of, of his system, which you know, has worked uh, very effectively. I mean, I'm hearing, I'm hearing callers say, you know, we haven't been to the Final Four since 2015. I mean, that sounds like uh, the Duke fan base. Um, I, I mean, it's, it, it's unbelievable. And, and, and it's not just, uh, it's just not, it's not outlier call. I mean, there've been some you know, knowledgeable basketball people who have, made, who have made the argument, you know, that he, you know, that he won in, in 2012. He, he probably should have won in 15 when he had an undefeated team and uh, he's blown other opportunities. And then you look at the other side of it. I mean, how many, he's been to final fours on a consistent basis. He's been to elite eights. He's won SEC championships with abandonment, but uh, he is not getting much of a pass at least from the fringe element of the, of the Kentucky fan base. Paul, uh, Josh Heupel leaves UCF and goes to your alma mater. Not that they're going to be that much better now that they got Josh, but there was an opening at UCF that Gus Melzon was hired not long ago. What are they getting in Gus? They are getting a really good football coach. And you know, rarely do you lose a coach to an SEC school an upgrade, but that's exactly what UCF has done. Uh, Gus Malzahn is a better coach than Josh Heupel. Now, remember, Heupel took over for Scott Frost, who, who went to Nebraska, and that's a whole other uh, documentary there. But, <laughs> but, but Malzahn you know, went to the national championship game in his first year at Auburn. Uh, you know, he had a shot at getting back to the, uh, the playoffs a couple of years ago. He, he beat Nick Saban three times. Uh, you know, find me someone else uh, walking around in America who, who can make that claim. There may be one guy out there. And, uh, you know, he's done a remarkably uh, consistent job. It, it didn't end well, but, but he didn't leave Auburn in disgrace. Uh, they did have a winning record during a very tough uh, pandemic season. And 
without having to play Nick Saban every year, without having to deal with Kirby Smart and, and LSU, Gus Malzahn is going to win, and he is going to win big in Orlando. Last two things I would say, it's probably the worst time ever to hire a college football coach. And they ended up, as Paul said, getting an absolute gem. I would say this, the greatest moment in UFC, uh, UCF history excuse me, was when they went 13-0 and knocked off Gus Malzahn and Auburn in that legendary Peach Bowl. And now he's on the other side of it. But think about it. Central Florida's gone. That year they went 13-0. Then they went to 12-1, 10-3. Six and four. So there's been a little bit of leakage in the program, but to get a coach like this and a program like that, unbelievable. Paul, Paulie, thanks. I'm really, I'm really yeah. proud of you, Paulie. They're, they're, you guys played nice today. You and Keyshawn. This is <laughs> this is a monumental day for our relationship. No, I told him that Tennessee wasn't going to be very good with Josh Heupel. I've got I got a letter from management about my treatment of Key. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, the bosses speak. Paul speaks with us. It's great to have you with us. We'll see, of course, every weekday, SEC Network, 3 to 7 Eastern. Thank you, Paul. All right, Paul. Thanks, Paul. First order of my job as the new president at ESPN, give him an extension. Stroke of the pen. <laughs> Stroke of the pen. Paul gets an extension. And as we Paul, should, Paul should be my co-host on Jay After Dark. <laughs> Jay and Paul After Dark. Streaming on ESPN Plus. Woo. Anytime. Key green lights all the shows on Plus, so just... <laughs> Suck up to key there. That's Paul really Feinbaum weird. on the Goodyear hotline brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. The craziest thing he said is they're treating Cal like Billy Gillespie. Unbelievable. On the way, a four-letter word that won't get us fired, but will definitely get Key and Jay Will fired up. Biggest story in college basketball. Huge issue this morning. That's next. Keyshawn, Jay Will, Zubin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. If they want to move, we might be able to bring him to L.A., though, for the Lakers. Him, LeBron, A.D., that's your whole team in cap space. Yeah, but that's all you need in a bunch of me's and you's. Hey, look, me's is different than you's. You better stop putting us in the same category. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Folks, wherever you are, if you're in your car and you're about to get out, stay in the car. It's about to get white hot in one minute. I'm Zubin (laughs) Mahenti. I'm not lying. I am not lying. Yes, it is. Zubin Mahenti here. Anthony Davis out two to at least three to two weeks. Go ahead. Some would say say two to three. Yeah, (laughs) two to three or three to two, you know. He's got a calf strain. Jay says it should be at least a month when you consider how valuable this guy is to the franchise and what the Lakers are trying to do, repeat and go back to back. We'll continue to monitor the situation. In the time he'll be out, the Lakers will play the Nets, Utah, and the Blazers, among others. Blazing a trail forward at the Australian Open. Serena Williams takes out Simona Halep. Very, very anticipated match in Melbourne to set up a semifinal meeting with Naomi Osaka. So this is interesting. The past and the present of the sport, Serena, 
taking on the present and the future of the sport. And Naomi Osaka, every point of the Australian Open can be seen on ESPN Networks. And Black History Always, honoring a great moment from Black History during Black History Month. Today, it's James Harris, the first African-American NFL quarterback to begin a season as a starter. In 1969, he was drafted by the Bills. He came out of Grambling State, adds to the poignancy of it all to come out of an HBCU and then make NFL history as an African-American. He started the seventh on the depth chart at the start of camp. By the beginning of the season, he was the starter out there. And in 1974, Key, he made the Pro Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. Great, great moment to honor him today for his work at the collegiate and pro level. And Sports Center is presented by Progressive Insurance. You could say big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. Let's pop it off. The number one prospect at the number one program in America is the number one story in college basketball this morning. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Seth Greenberg, join us on the Goodyear hotline. Uh-oh. Of course, you see him on SportsCenter and during college game day talking about both the NBA and the college game. The latter is where we want to go here, Seth. Seth, I think I just heard your voice there coming into this segment, but state your case. What do you make of what Jalen Johnson did yesterday to opt out and its meaning? Well, first of all, it's semantics, opt out or quit. But here's the deal, Zubin. I said this right at the, at the end of the Notre Dame game when he did not get in the game. I went on our raps. And, Jay Will, you know my our raps. I we know. tell it like it is. I went on our raps and something's not right. Well, yeah, something wasn't right. The next game he plays only eight minutes because other guys played harder and played better. So what does he decide to do? He decides to, in the morning, clean out his locker and move on. And, and that's fine. I have no problem with him doing it. But let's be honest with what it is. All right? What it is is... He wasn't playing. He didn't like his role. All right. So he, what did he do? He quit his team. Now I can, I, all this brotherhood stuff. I see you wearing that fancy brotherhood sweatshirt today. And I well, well, that, well, give your argument. Stuff. I didn't even say anything yet. Give uh, your argument. I didn't even say anything. I don't. All, we give all this brotherhood stuff, but here's the deal. That was a nice, shiny New York city PR statement that came out of Duke. And that's fine. Here's the deal. The guy, the guy quit his team. Now, whether he, whether he was going to play or not, what he should have done is said, you know what? I'm not right, all right? I don't feel healthy. You've got the, a world-class medical center and world-class doctors right in Durham that could take care of you. I'm not right, but I'm going to stick with my guys. I'm going to come and suit up in terms of put on my, my travel sweat, sit on the bench, be with my brothers. But you know what? I can't help our team in the condition I'm in now, so I've got to take a step back. The other thing is, let's face it, Jay, you know it as well as anyone because you've seen it. You're close to a lot of these kids, all right? There's so much pressure on these one-and-done kids. There's so much unrealistic expectation. They, they think just walking from high school to college, and if you just walk in, and all of a sudden you become the guy. Well, it's just not easy. And that jump from the college to the NBA, the world's most exclusive club, is that much more difficult. I think all of a sudden he was shocked. This is a lot harder than it, it, it looked like. Hey, you know what? This is not that easy. My numbers aren't what they were supposed to be. I'm seeing my draft stock maybe potentially drop, I'm going to protect myself by quitting. Oh, come on, Seth. Myself, stop saying quit, man. And moving on. Seth, stop saying quit. What did he Stop, Seth, stop. He quit his team, no, man. No, so, so when coaches decide to leave from one institution to the next, does that mean that coaches are quitting on their team? When they're doing – when they got yeah. five or six games left in the season and they're behind closed doors working deals – to leave with their agent to get to another university, does that mean that they're quitting? 
on their team? No, they're not quitting on the team. They're coaching the team every single day. So what? So what? So when? So when? So when the coach? So when the coach leaves? So when the coach leaves? No, hold on. No. So when you make a decision to protect your draft status, and you want to make sure that you're healthy, so you can take care of your family and you can make money that you're not making at a college institution, you're quitting on your team. But coaches can leave from one program to the next just because they coach a few more games at the end of the year, they're not quitting on that team? That doesn't make any sense you to start me. Something, you start well, something, you finish something. Well, so if you got a contract... Wait, 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 wait. So, Seth, so when you left Long Beach State, when you left Long Beach State to go to oh. South Florida, oh, no. and when you left South Florida to go Virginia Tech, that's not quitting on your team? After the season. It doesn't After matter. You signed a contract to stay at that university. And by the way, I a huge buyout in both places. But you, both places, but, but I paid you, a huge buyout. And his huge buyout is, I'm going to forfeit my education so I can go take care of my family. That's don't, his don't buyout. remember the brotherhood then. Oh, man, you got it. Coach, you, I love you, Coach, but you sound like a coach right now. Jay Will? I, 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 I. I, I'm opting out. I'm opting out over here. I'm opting out of this one. This is between you and Key. You know my position. I just, you know, my thing is, I, I know there's been a history with Jalen Johnson, with the way he's left some other programs before he got to Duke. I can understand how people can use that as an argument. But Seth, you know how I look at the real, the reality of this. This is a business transaction. And when business wasn't going right for Jalen Johnson and his family, they decided to pull the plug. I can understand how we love to involve feelings and the brotherhood and all these things in there. But at the end of the day, Duke is going to do what's best for Duke in the program moving forward. And Jalen Johnson is going to do what's best for Jalen Johnson moving forward. He has to. And I, and I, I, I have to respect that. Now, if he didn't feel like he was playing enough, if he felt like his draft status was going down, if he wasn't playing to stay there next year, you have to do everything in your power to conserve and actually dictate what that narrative is. I think that's important. It may not make it right from what we like to see in college basketball because I understand what the brotherhood is and, you know, the, the fighting that I have with my family. I get that. But it, it's, a, it's a different age and different day, and he has to do what's best for him. I, I was told, hey, Jay, I, Look, I 100% agree with you on that. I 100% agree he's got to do what's best for him. Here's the deal. I'm an NBA general manager. I'm an NBA general manager. Yes, you're right? considering that. You're, you're, you're taking that into the fact. Yes, you're factoring that into your decision. Yes, I, I, uh, no doubt about it. And and he basically wasn't playing winning basketball. All right, that's just that's plain and simple. So he's this is. And by the way, he's not going to be the first guy that does this. You're going to see this in the next three weeks. It is basically the end of the seasons can become the college bowl season. So he's he's the first one to do it, but it's going to become the college bowl season. Two things are going to happen, Jay. Well, tell me if I'm wrong or right here. You're going to see either guys that still have eligibility, aren't NBA players, are going to opt out, put their name in the transfer portal, and get ahead of the curve. That's going to happen in the next three weeks, teams that are not in running for the NCAA tournament. And you're going to see guys that say, wait a second, Jalen Johnson did this. Uh, He's trying to protect himself. The problem is, what is Jalen Johnson protecting? Because the manner in which he did this and how he did this, why was he playing the last two games? If he was not 100%, why did he step on the court the last But Seth, here, here's the thing. It doesn't matter what he's protecting. All that matters is that he, he chose to protect what he wants to protect. And at the end of the day, that's his own prerogative. I, I don't think the narrative will be following Jalen Johnson that he's a quitter. 
I think if you want to take into account how does this young man deal with adversity, I, I think you can use those data points to factor into your decision on whether or not you want to draft him or how he handles playing in amidst hard competition. I think that's a narrative, but I, I don't. I wouldn't make the narrative that he's quitting. On no, no, he's not. He's not quitting on his team. He's making a business. What decision. What would you say he's doing? He's making a business decision to take care of his family. We all know his his goal when he went to Duke was to get out of there after one year. He's had some n- injuries. He's been nicked up and banged up, coach. And you know this. And, and and the best thing for him to do is preserve his body right now. And you say there's going to be other guys that opt out. They should if they're not going anywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely 100%. Because guess what? Coach K can't promise you that you're going to have an opportunity to take care of your family. He can't, he can't promise you that, that you're going to stay healthy. But what you can do is promise yourself you can stay healthy by not putting yourself in harm's way. Seth, let me ask you this. With the way he's playing, because I've been watching a lot of games and I've been deep into college basketball, not to your degree, but close. Um, what, what has been happening to Jalen Johnson's draft status? over the last couple of weeks, months? Yet again, I, I would think it's dropping because, you know, quite yes. honestly, here's his, here's his game. He doesn't guard anyone. He's loose with the basketball. He's an inconsistent three-point shooter. What he is is he's a prospect or a suspect. He's yes. got a little bit of a floor game. He's got legitimate transferable size. In the new NBA, obviously, you can make him a positionless four if you want, if he can shoot it a little bit more consistently. He's a freaky athlete, but here's the deal, Jay Will, and, 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 and this, is the, this is the thing. What the data that they have on him now is obviously pure speculation because the data they have on him now is he's, he's not competitive. He couldn't play in the end of the game against Notre Dame because he wasn't competitive. He, he turned the ball over the first three times he touched the ball. I mean, the reality is that the way he's playing the game, he's not a winning player. But Seth, so let me like tell you how NBA I look at this. Team and a lottery pick and going to risk a, a lottery pick on a guy that's an if. I don't know. Maybe they do. I, I mean, like but, the NBA is I, all about I'm, potential. But if I'm an agent, if I'm Rich Paul, if I'm somebody representing him, I'm saying, look, by you playing, you are losing your position in the draft. We have to keep that mystique about you, and we have to focus on what you can do instead of being exposed. Now, a lot of things have changed this year. We're in the midst of a pandemic. You're coming back from an injury. If there's a way out, we have to start building your narrative towards getting you higher in the draft or at least keeping you stable. And that's not happening while you're playing at Duke. Your draft status is going the opposite way. I'm just trying to tell you, have a business perspective. You will look at this trying to position your player in the best possible position for the draft. And the other side of the business is those NBA teams saying he went to three high schools. All right. The other thing will be, say, he's playing for a Hall of Fame coach. The other thing people that will probably say is that, all right, why didn't he play? Why didn't K put him in a game? Now, look, he's going to go to a workout. They're, they're going to make sure his workout is no contact, and he's going to do freaky athletic things. But that organization is going to have to say, all right, can I win with him? And now, look, I understand the NBA is getting younger and younger. But, like, winning players are at a premium. It's no different than college basketball. Who do you win with in college basketball today? You win with experience. You win with mature guys. Why are all the best teams – junior and senior teams because they have shared experience. They have a mental, physical, emotional toughness. They can deal with adversity. You saw it the other day with Michigan coming off a pause. What teams win in the NBA? Isn't it amazing that culture wins in the NBA? Isn't it amazing that mature winning players, guys that have a substance to them, that guys that understand how to play with other good players, guys that are fiercely competitive. And that's why it cracks me up. I understand the league's getting, getting younger, 
But how come Sadiq Bay transitions seamlessly into the NBA? How come uh, I, I hear you, Seth. You know, we're, we're, getting, we're getting yelled at to go to break. Seamlessly. We're getting yelled at to go to break. I don't want to get yelled at anymore by Evans. Zubin, I'm <laughs> no, sorry. No, no. Seth. Ev, I'm Ev, sorry. Ev, you know, Ev, I don't Ev, do well when I get yelled at. <laughs> Unbelievable <laughs> passion this morning. Unbelievable passion from Coach Greenberg, who has done a couple of times, three times on the show, called in. We appreciate you listening. Coach. And bringing that passion to call in and say, you got to put me on. And it was well worth it today. Passion from Key J. Will and Coach. Coach, thanks for joining us this morning. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, Zoom, Good luck. Zoom, Zoom. Take care of these two guys, please. please. (laughs) If I'm an NBA team and I'm worried about somebody transferring high schools, then I ain't going to never have a team in the NBA Mm -hmm. because everybody transfers high schools, whether they go to Mm -hmm. military schools, whether they go to regular high school. Mm -hmm. If I'm worried about that, I'm not going to even have a team. Right. I'm just saying, Seth said three in three years. It doesn't. I can point to a million Mm -hmm. kids that's playing in the NBA right now that have transferred every single year. The guy who's getting ready to be the rookie of the year, do you know who that is? Who's that? LaMelo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's getting ready to be rookie of the year. For sure, probably. You know how many damn schools mm-hmm. he done been to? Yeah. Stop, Pretty man. Yeah, we'll please. Mm-hmm. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. <laughs> um, Jay. Wow. Transference. Did you hear that? I, I, I know. love Coach Greenberg. I know. But transferring schools. Like, what? stop, man. Y'all, I quit. At this very. <laughs> don't opt out. Don't, don't, don't you quit. quit or opting out. I'm, I'm quitting. I'm just going <laughs> to use It's semantics. Word. It's the it's same thing. thing. Yeah, semantics. It's the same thing. At this very second. According to our draft expert, Jonathan Cavoni, Jalen Johnson is six. We'll continue to monitor it as we move ahead to see what this could do to affect his draft. But right now, he is a top 10 prospect. According Zubin, to I've seen him like NBA I've seen him on some other draft stats around 13, 14, 15. Okay. Zubin, what's the I went higher to three high drop. schools in four years, okay. man. I went to three high schools in four years. You think that hurt my draft stock? No. Oh, okay. I just I, you're a quitter. I'm just telling you. We got to quit on this. You're three. a white hot quitter. We got to quit on this segment. If you thought. <laughs> If you thought you heard some passion in this segment, wait until you hear the fire. Buy out. Okay. Wait until you hear the fire Draymond Green is bringing. And this has nothing to do with the Golden State Warriors. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Jason Terry, a 2011 NBA champion. What up, Jet? What up, Key? I want to commend you two brothers. You guys have kept it way, way real. And it's about time. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Bad news. Key has just quit as the president of ESPN. No, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. That's going to be on Sports Business Journal coming up at the top of the... Okay, from A to Z, brought to you by Dell, the Dell President's Day sale. For business is on with up to 50% off PCs powered by Intel Core processors. Call 877-ASK-DELL for a Dell Technologies Advisor. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Okay, so Draymond Green popped off last night. Warriors all over the Cavs, 129.98. But he didn't have any problem. I love with, you. <laughs> listen to what, what he's about to say. I you know, tell me I'm he just... ain't popping up. It had nothing to do with his teammates. It was an easy win, a 31-point win over the Cavs. But he wanted to address the double standard that Dre seems in the NBA for equal time. We need to get Chuck. We need to get Barkley because, you know, those two guys, will, they'll get along as well as you and Seth did, by the way, in the last segment. OK, so here's the deal. Draymond Green essentially saying, look, teams can state publicly they want to trade a player and nothing happens. There's no penalty if a trade is put out there by a team and they put it out there. However, a player can be fined. If they publicly say they want to be traded. Remember, like, Anthony Davis got fined $50,000, that's all, folks, T-shirt. So that's his double standard. Teams can do one thing, get no penalty. Players come out and say, I want to go. They get fined. And then Draymond said this about that double standard. To watch Andre Drummond before the game uh, sit on the sideline, then go to the back, and then come out in street clothes because a team is going to trade him is bullshit. Because when James Harden asked for a trade and essentially dogged it, I don't think there was no surprise or no, you know, there's no one's going to fight back that James was dogging it his last days in Houston. But he was castrated for one to go to a different team and everybody destroyed that man. And yet a team can come out and say, oh, we want to trade a guy. And then that guy is to go sit. And if he doesn't stay professional, then he's a cancer and he's not good in someone's locker room and he's the issue. Key, the floor is yours. What do you think of that statement? Yeah, Draymond has a point, though. It, it, it's a double standard. Uh, you know, but the, the NBA or the NFL, whoever these organizations are in professional sports, they, you know, feel like they're paying you the money, so you're supposed to do things on their terms versus your terms. And when you look at James Harden, yeah, he was kind of raked over the coals based on – how he handled the situation, and he apologized eventually, but it still wasn't good enough. And then when you look at the situation right now with Drummond, like Draymond said, now he gets to preserve things for the team, meaning like he can't harm himself by sitting down or, and not playing, so therefore they're trading a healthy asset opposed to damaged goods if something were to happen. Mm-hmm. Is it a double standard? Yes, it is a double standard. But I, I also feel like the tone by Draymond seems like, you know, players are being marginalized to agree, right? Um, and that's not the case. The players are extremely powerful and obviously having a platform they can utilize their voice to express something differently. Uh, what I will say that is this, though, is sometimes I think there's what's happening now with where we are with the amount of money that players are making um, it is starting to become a little bit confusing. I'm all for player empowerment. They're able to do what they want. I want them to be able to do what they want to a degree. But they are also employees, and these are their employers, right? Uh, players are not at the same caliber 
you know, guys who own major portions of teams are. So at the end of the day, the employer is going to do what's in the best interest of the team. And that's the right when you sign that contract to a degree. You may not like the way they go about doing it, and we can change the nuances of it, but that is ultimately the case. And we should mention the germination of all of the, I know, Key, come up with a better word. The, the impetus for all, we've got to go to another word. Uh, the reason all of this happened. Yeah, you go. Know your audience. The reason all of this happened <laughs> is because Andre Drummond is about to be traded by the Cavs and they don't want him getting hurt playing in a game. They want to ship him off, get something in return. QB or not QB, next.